The TNT Shop has great gift ideas for your furry family member. And we don't mean your Aunt Dolores. You stink! The TNT Shop has it all at tntradio.live. This is The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Alrighty then. 2024 is off to a great start for people who love the Constitution, value the rule of law, and want to stop these demon rats and their Republicrat co-conspirators from trashing our country. What am I talking about? A court in Georgia today just slapped down the voter uh, integrity lawsuit against against True the Vote. So True the Vote won the case. Defendants are the uh, ordered verdict for the defendant in favor of the plaintiff or against the plaintiff. So this is great news. This was a federal judge, so federal U.S. federal district court. If it's appealed, it's going to happen again. And if it goes to the Supreme Court, it'll happen again because the lawsuit against True the Vote was absolute lawfare. And luckily this time, the district court shut it right down. So the judge said, in sum, the court concludes that no action taken by the defendants in this case, true the vote, constitute voter intimidation under section 11B of the Voter Rights Act of 1964. The court will not hold defendants liable for the combination of actions plaintiffs submit, given that the court has concluded that there is such a lack of evidentiary support it's rare to see a judge slam a plaintiff like that. It possibly opens up the plaintiff's attorneys, in this case, the attorney for the single voter plaintiff, to Rule 11 sanctions. Rule 11 of the federal uh, rules uh, provide for sanctions of an attorney for bringing a frivolous litigation and other unethical conduct. Let me read that again. The court has concluded there is such a lack of evidentiary support. I, it just makes me happy inside to read a, word, a sentence like that. Nor have plaintiffs sufficiently shown that any voter in Georgia was reasonably intimidated by defendants' actions. And what were the actions? The actions were calling out stealing the election. This is great news because Democrats don't want you to be able to challenge stealing election. They say that challenging stealing election constitutes voter intimidation. Well, not in the state of Georgia anymore, which means not in the Fifth Circuit, which means, or the 11th Circuit now that they split, uh, which means that pretty much around the country. So if we get some lunatic judge, and I actually am kind of hoping this happens, some lunatic judge in California ruling that true the vote has violated Section 11B of the Voting Rights Act 1964, then we'll have a Supreme Court appeal and we'll have the rule of law uniform across the country from sea to shining sea, up in Alaska and down to Hawaii and out to Guam and the Marianas Islands. It's a great day. This is a great decision. You should justly be happy. I've been a little bit jaded, I admit, and People will send me things. Oh, you know, so-and-so is going to testify. Oh, so what? So-and-so has been subpoenaed. Oh, so what? That's all I care about right now are convictions. Convictions. And when I say convictions, I'm talking about in the criminal proceeding. This was a civil proceeding brought by a civilian a voter 
claim to have standing. And it's just that the actions of true the vote did not rise to the level of voter intimidation. I mean, it's ludicrous to think that challenging voters stuffing ballot boxes, you know, this all goes back to Dinesh D'Souza's movie, 2000 Mules, right? The videos, the government camera videos of people stuffing government ballot boxes, the drop boxes back during COVID. And, you know, isn't it funny that they're using geolocating data from cell phones to arrest and convict people in Washington, D.C. that were there on January 9th when no one had any cell service because they knocked out cell service. You know, we couldn't stream live. Anytime you're with the president, whether it's a Trump rally or at the rally on uh, January 6th at the Ellipse, or they knock out cell service. It's a security measure. So they're saying that people that had no cell service, by the way, they're saying that Trump's tweet is what incited the crowd on the west side of the Capitol. No, nobody got the tweet. I've had several people there telling me, yeah, we didn't even have cell service. We didn't get any tweet. It wasn't a tweet. It was the, it was the rogue officers firing rubber bullets and firing gas canisters and flashbangs into the crowd that agitated the crowd on the west side of the Capitol. But they don't want you to accept as valid the cell phone data that True the Vote gathered. So you got somebody's cell phone, and then you've got government camera video of that person stuffing the ballot. But oh no, no, that's just no, no, you can't, you can't tie those two together just because this, that person's cell phone and that person themselves appeared on camera doesn't mean that that person stuffed the ballot box. Well, yeah, it does. And all this craziness is about to get flipped right over on them. We're about to flip the whole script this year. It's going to be long. It's going to be tough. It's going to be bumpy. There's going to be a lot of hurdles ahead. But today is a great day, and I just want you to enjoy it with me. If you missed your favorite TNT radio show or interview, simply listen back when you want, wherever you want. Just visit episodes on the TNT Radio website. We're also on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, iHeart, and TuneIn. Now there's no reason to miss out on anything on TNT Radio. Bringing you a worldview. I like to hear what's going on around the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Following weeks of mounting evidence that Harvard President Claudine Gay essentially plagiarized her way to the top, Gay announced on Tuesday that she is resigning. Here with the story, joining me now is TNT radio news producer, Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Thanks, Timothy. Uh, yep, uh, it's official. Um, she just got hit with brand, like six new plagiarism complaints. That was the news, the headlines for like just a small portion of the morning before. Ah, well, look at that. She threw in the towel and has resigned as president of Harvard University. So here's the funny part. Uh, She she wrote a letter to the school community. I wonder if that was plagiarized, too. We'll we'll just go with the assumption that her letter was actually original. Uh, But in this letter to the school community, she writes, quote, it is with a heavy heart, but a deep love for Harvard that I write to share that I will be stepping down as president. This is not a decision I came to easily. 
After consultation with members of the corporation, it has become clear that it is in the best interests of Harvard for me to resign so that our community can navigate this moment of extraordinary challenge with a focus on the institution rather than any individual, end quote. Wow. I'm not quite sure what that sounds like. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, I do. Anyway, uh, Gay painted herself as a victim, suggesting she found it frightening, quote, to be subjected to personal attacks and threats fueled by racial animus, end quote. That line could have been written by AI, just saying. The outgoing president indicated she would be returning to the faculty and, quote, to do, oh, sorry, and, quote, to the scholarship and teaching that are the lifeblood of what we do, end quote. So she'll remain as a faculty member. Uh, Gay became the 30th president of Harvard University on July 1st after evidently playing up her leftist bona fides as Edgar Lee, dean of Harvard's Faculty of Arts and Sciences, where she brought new emphasis to everyone's favorite climate alarmism, followed by everyone's second favorite identity politics. Ahead of her inauguration, Gay stated, quote, today we are in a moment of remarkable and accelerating change socially, politically, economically, and technologically, end quote. It appears that Gay was unable to keep up with the accelerated pace. Uh, yeah, in case you missed it, Gay's presidency would be the shortest lived in Harvard's history. Uh, it was unfortunately for her dogged in recent months by multiple allegations of plagiarism and another type of ism, a big one. Uh, there were concerns over her response to anti Growing anti-Semitism on her campus, the Washington Free Beacon obtained a complaint filed Monday with the university bringing the total number of plagiarism allegations against gay to nearly 50. Wow. Implicating seven of her uh, 17 published works, including her 1997 doctoral thesis. Oops. The latest complaint alleges that in a 2001 article, Gay plagiarized nearly a page of material straight from University of Wisconsin political science professor David Cannon's 1991 book, Race, Redistricting, and Representation, the Unintended Consequences of Black Majority Districts. It's a long name for the book, but uh, yeah, the allegation is she took basically a whole page worth without quotations or so much as a citation. Uh, the university recently launched an investigation into the allegations against Gay. Um, an unnamed undergraduate member of Harvard's Donor Council recently penned an op-ed for the Harvard Crimson calling on Gay, quote, to resign for her numerous and serious violations of academic ethics. Uh, the student wrote, quote, when my peers are found responsible for multiple instances of inadequate citation, they are often suspended for an academic year. When the president of the university is found responsible for the same types of infractions, the fellows of the corporation unanimously stand in support of her, end quote. Uh, in addition to the alleged trafficking in ideas and words not being her own, Gay oversaw segregated graduation ceremonies and has drawn the ire of critics for lording over an apparent increase in anti-Semitic behavior on campus, which uh, ultimately has cost the Ivy League institution over an estimated $1 billion worth of donations. Yikes. And of course, recently during a congressional hearing early last month, she suggested that calls for the genocide of Jews could be protected under the university's policies on bullying and harassment, quote, depending on the context, end quote. And lots of folks have been upset with her over that, Timothy. But the plagiarism, I think that was the big one and finally forced her to uh, 
call it quits. Uh, what do you think about this one? Well, you know, it's about time, first of all. And look, here, this is how stringent the integrity rules are in academia. And as, as much as we love to bash academia, it has a proper role in our society. The, the problem isn't academia. The problem is that academia has been hijacked by communists. That's the problem. Right? I'm a big fan of higher education. I'm not a big fan of indoctrination. And, and that's what this woman was. She was just a Marxist indoctrinator. She's not a scholar. She hasn't done any groundbreaking research. I was surprised when you said 17 publications. I heard that she only had 11 uh, usually grad students have 11 publications before they receive their PhD, but she and her entire career only had 11 or 17 uh, scholarly publications. I, I'm guessing that the 17, uh, six of them were probably published in two different places, maybe. And it's a serious issue, plagiarism. I had a college friend, he was a year ahead of me, who went on to become named president of mine college. And then he had to resign because of allegations of plagiarism. Well, it, it turns out that Greg didn't plagiarize in his thesis, his PhD thesis, his doctoral thesis at the University of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania did a thorough review of his thesis. They, they re-examined his thesis and they discovered that there, some citations were not properly cited. So it's not that he plagiarized, it's that his citation form was wrong. But but he still had, at this point, resigned from my college. And he's now gone on uh, to another school and is having, you know, continuing his successful career. He's got a law degree, he's got a PhD, he's a very bright guy. Uh, I, I don't agree with his area of scholarship, because again, it, it focuses on race. But it's legitimate scholarship. There are legitimate questions that need to be asked and answered in our society. He paid a high penalty just for incorrect citation form, right? Because there are standard citation forms and you've got to do things the right way. And IBID means one thing and opposite means another and, and CF means another. And you've got to do everything according to Hoyle. And the purpose is so that when someone years from now that has no connection to the events or the people involved, can read the scholarly publication and go and check the references themselves and see whether they agree with the proposed uh, assertion. Well, this person cited this for this proposition. Does that citation actually support the assertion he's making? Let's see. Let's go read that and see if we agree with the point he's trying to make. And that's what this is all about. Gay is completely different. She plagiarized. She plagiarized like she was Joe Biden. And what do I mean by that? And, and this is how far the Democrat Party has fallen. In 1988, the Democrat Party made Joe Biden end his presidential campaign. And everyone at the time thought his presidential ambitions because he literally plagiarized Neil Kinnock's member of parliament from the United Kingdom, his stump speech. But Neil Kinnock's stump speech was based on Neil Kinnock's life. So not only did Joe plagiarize Neil Kinnock's stump speech, but he plagiarized Neil Kinnock's life story. It just doesn't get any worse than that. And then on top of that, all the other lies he told about being a scholarship recipient when he wasn't, being at the top of his 
a law school class when he was at the bottom and just on and on and on. And, and they've grown worse over the years. You know, I, I went, I lived in a predominantly Hispanic Polish neighborhood, uh, you know, because one time it was Polish, the other time it was predominantly Hispanic. So I guess he was, Joe lived in the first predominantly you know, Polish Hispanic neighborhood or Hispanic Polish neighborhood, whichever way you want to look at it. He said he went to a historically black college and university when he didn't, he went to the University of Delaware as an undergraduate. And who can ever forget that corn pop is a bad dude. So gays plagiarism was on par with Joe Biden's. As you said, she is accused of taking an entire page. Even when you cite something else, if you're going to steal an entire page, you reprint it with indented margins so people know it's not your work, but that you're quoting from another work. Well, she didn't do that. She's a fraud. She's a check the box admission. She was a check the box graduate. Her degree is meaningless. And again, people accuse me of being a pessimist and I'm not, I'm just a realist. My immediate comment when I got the news today in a text message was, so what? She's still going to remain as a tenured professor and won't suffer at the in the pocketbook at all. You know, she's not going to be kicked out of the academy. Harvard's just taking her down from the presidency. Well, they're going to put another woke wokester in there. You know it. They're not going to put someone with integrity in there. And it wasn't the plagiarism. It was the billion dollars. That's 2% of Harvard's $50 billion endowment. Yeah, I mean, she is Louise. I, she's she's quite the role model, Timothy. As uh, one Christopher F. Rufo pointed out on X, he's a writer at City Journal, a senior fellow at Manhattan Institute, and a teacher slash lecturer at Hillsdale College. Uh, he, he put it perfectly. He says that rather than take responsibility for minimizing anti-Semitism, committing serial plagiarism, intimidating the free press, and damaging the institution – she, Claudine Gay, calls her critics racist. This is the poison of DEI ideology. Well said, Christopher F. Rufo. Uh, yeah, yeah, I really like Christopher Rufo's work. Uh, he comes up with a lot of great things. There's something else I saw today, Adam. It's um, it, it's not for attribution. It was anonymous. I, I haven't verified it. I don't know if it's true. But apparently, apparently, in her farewell address, she said that she shall return we have nothing to fear. I shall return. We have nothing to fear but fear itself. And today is a day that will live in infamy. Again, can't verify that those were her actual words, but that's what she's reported to have said. See, it works both I, ways, doesn't it? <laughs> I see what you did there. Very clever. <laughs> Adam, thanks for another great story to, to start off another. It looks like it's going to be a wild year. It's only day two, and already we've had some great stories. Look forward to tomorrow's. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Kate Shimarani. Don't stop taking prescription medication. Always go and see your indoctrinated GP, always. But with psychiatric drugs, you have to actually wean off them. They're very addictive, and you have to wean off them. Now, I find all this really concerning. But what I cannot get my head around is the worst drug of all. They just let it on the market all the time. Sugar, 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 sugar. And then that's not even to bring in like MSG, monosodium glutamate. And, and I... If 
I, I can say, you know, you go into one of these garages and you see all the people going for food. There's nothing to eat in there. I very rarely can find anything to eat in any of these places. And if you go into the supermarket, there's only the first two aisles that have got real food. The rest, it, it's not food. And I see what people buy. I've covertly actually filmed people's trolleys, not them, don't get all excited, but I have filmed trolleys uh, to have a look what people are buying and it's shocking because what you eat determines what your brain's going to be like and your teenager's brains do not stop developing till they're about 25 years of age. Kate Shimarani on TNT Radio. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. thelightpaper.co.uk a hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Here's something you need to keep an eye on. Congress is going to receive a classified briefing next week about UFOs. Anytime you hear the UFO talk, your antenna should start wiggling. Your spidey sense should start tingling. You should start getting very, very concerned because nefarious deeds are afoot. Why do I say this? Well, do I believe that we are the only beings in the universe? Actually, no, I don't. I believe God is here. And I believe in angels and I believe in demons, which are just fallen angels. I believe in spiritual beings. God exists outside this universe. He exists outside of time and space. And the spiritual beings and humanity are his creation. And they're intelligent. Angels and demons, because they're fallen angels, are infinitely more intelligent than we are. That's why Lucifer was so upset that we were the apple of our father's eye. Because they're like, well, what are we? chopped liver, we're smarter than they are, we're entirely spirit, we don't have any of the physical limitations that they have, we're stronger than they are. How can you not love us more than you love them? And he tried to equate himself with God, and that was the reason for his fall. Who else is trying to equate themselves with gods? Oh, yeah, everybody that's involved in the transhumanist movement, they're trying to elevate humanity to the level of God, just as they did at the Tower of Babel. Well, God took care of it then, and he's going to take care of it now, right? He scattered people into the various nations and confounded their language so that they couldn't understand each other. I think there's going to be something a lot worse in store for the people pushing transhumanism now. So yes, I believe that we're not the only beings in the universe. However, do I believe in UFOs? No. Do I believe in aliens? Yes and no. I don't think they're aliens from outer space. I think they just might be physical manifestations of spiritual beings, mostly demons. 
Now, there's that weird line in the Bible. It's just one sentence about the Nephilim and the daughters of men. Hmm. That one always mystifies everyone. We don't know what it means precisely, but it's tipping us off that there's more going on in this universe than we can comprehend. I was a neuroscientist, and one of the guidelines of neuroscience is that the brain is so complex it can't even understand itself. Okay, it's such a complex organ. We really haven't figured out everything that it does. It's a myth, by the way, that we only use 10% of it. We use 100% of it. We just don't know how we're using it at all times. But UV light is one of the great indicators. And on the other end of the spectrum, infrared light, which is just heat. Right? So somebody noticed that infrared will, you know, sunlight will melt something and light from the various spectrum wouldn't do it, right? So they had a, a prism and sunlight would melt this wax. But when the light was put through a prism and it was divided into the visible light wavelengths, Roy G. Biv, red, red, orange, yellow, blue, indigo, violet, which by the way, the homosexual flag is not the rainbow flag because the rainbow has seven colors and theirs only has six. Go look at it. Not kidding you. Theirs only has six. They just have blue and violet. There's no indigo. So the visible light spectrum wasn't having the same effect. So they knew that there was something else involved. And the something else is infrared light. Well, the other end of the spectrum, visible light spectrum, and the other side with the shorter wavelengths, you've got ultraviolet which is above violet. And that is how bees navigate, how some birds navigate. They see ultraviolet. We have to see it using artificial sensors, using mechanical devices. You'll see you know, UV cameras and whatnot, but we can't see it with our eyes. But birds can, bees can. Flowers look completely different in the ultraviolet spectrum than they do in the visible light spectrum. That's how bees are able to navigate to the, the pollen sources. So there's more going on in this universe than we understand. I, I want to talk a little bit more about that after the news. You're listening to The Reckoning on TNT Radio. Now, TNT Radio News. You are completely obsessed with breaking news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard University, resigned on Tuesday, concluding a brief tenure marked by various controversies. This resignation, occurring just over six months into her presidency, sets a record for the shortest in the university's history. Jimmy Lai, a notable pro-democracy activist and publisher, entered a plea of not guilty on January 2nd in a significant trial where he is accused of colluding with foreign forces and threatening national security. Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on TNT radio. So that's the context that you need to couch my next remarks. There's more of the universe going on in the universe than we understand. Well, there's more in Congress going on than we understand. Anytime you hear... UFOs, like I said, your antenna should be waggling, your spider sense should be tingling. And when it's UFOs in Congress, 
be afraid. Be very, very afraid because it's definitely going to be nefarious. And here's what they're going to be doing. The briefing is going to give rise to a study. And the study will produce a report. And the report will coincide with the ending of the current CR, continuing resolution. And then we're going to need a new funding mechanism. And what are they going to do? I bet my life that it's going to be an omnibus bill because, come on, we don't need a budget and we don't need single issue bills. We'll just fund everything all at once. We all know what they do with omnibus bills, don't they? Don't we? we they load them right up. Well, one of the things they're going to load them up with, they're going to spend $2.3 trillion, it's reported. Ron uh, Johnson said this over Labor Day, $2.3 trillion, which is going to include a number of minibus bills. And the House said it wanted to get the spending down to $1.4 trillion, but they're talking about $2.3 trillion. A $2.3 trillion budget. Are they insane? They're not insane. They're evil. They're literally trying to crash our economy. So what is going to be in all these bills? Well, they're going to put a whole lot of UFO stuff in there. And is it really going to be for UFO? No, of course not. Just like... National Oceanographic Aeronautic or Atmospheric Administration, NOAA funds, aren't focused solely on the ocean and the atmosphere. They use all these executive branch departments, which, by the way, are armed to the teeth. Why is the federal government arming itself? Why is what is EPA have so many? munitions and so many rounds of ammunition and so many jackbooted thugs on the payroll? EPA? Really? Why is that? Why is the government arming itself against the American public? Well, this is going to be more of the same. It's going to have nothing to do with UFOs. It's going to have nothing to do with little green men. It's going to have everything to do with paying off their pals and with arming the government against the people, both militarily and in terms of destroying the economy, and in terms of funding programs that are antithetical to the principles extolled in the Constitution. As always, though, I never take you down a dark and twisty rabbit hole without providing a little light at the end of the tunnel. And yes, it's true that sometimes the light at the end of the tunnel is the light of an oncoming train, but not always, and not even usually. The light at the end of this dark and twisty rabbit hole is the Supreme Court, because there are several cases on the docket that, if the court rules according to the Constitution, which, quite frankly, we expect them to do, it's going to significantly curtail the power of the federal government. And that's what's really needed. We need to give this government a haircut. We need to end agencies. We need to end programs. We need to dissolve executive departments, right? We need to consolidate functions across departments for efficiency's sake. If, hey, if, if the left can weaponize language, so can we. We're going to conduct an efficiency review of the federal government. And where we find inefficiencies, 
Well, we're merely going to streamline. That's what we're going to do. We're going to streamline. And what does streamline look like? Streamline in my eyes looks like getting rid of two thirds of the federal employees. And I've got, I've got, you know, cousins of cousins. I guess they don't make me cousins because they're on the other side. They're on the married inside of my cousin's family. But I, delightful young woman, or not young anymore, in her, her 50s, 60s. And her husband, one works for the Department of Agriculture, the other works for the FDA. And do they have any, you know, position that's critical to the functioning of this country? No, they, they write reports. They, they look at numbers and organize them into tables and they write reports. And it's all just very perfunctory and drudgery kind of, uh, they go to meetings, they go to conferences and they together make over $300,000. And that's what's wrong. People talk about the beltway mentality. Well, it's real. If anybody has ever lived in Washington, they know that it's real. DC is a self-contained bubble. It's an echo chamber. That's why Republicans get sent there and all of a sudden they're no longer conservative anymore. Well, that's because they've been DC'd. They get inside the echo chamber. Things that are important in DC aren't important anywhere else. They're not even known anywhere else. And things that are important in the heartland, real issues, that affect the country, legitimate issues that need to be addressed by Washington, Washington's oblivious of them. Or if they even hear about them, they don't care. Doesn't rise to the level of significance because it doesn't impact them directly, which is why it's incumbent on us. It's like I said last night to Hervorier Morich, I don't blame the Chinese for taking advantage of us. I blame us. I blame our politicians for letting themselves be taken advantage of, for letting us be taken advantage of, for not standing between the Chinese and us. That's what I, that's who I blame for the problems we're having with China. So too with the problems with DC. I don't blame politicians for being venal, craven, expletive deleted. No, they're just doing what politicians do. I blame us for not holding them accountable because everybody seems to think, oh, Congress is horrible. Well, my representative, well, unless you've got one of the 25 to 40, depending on how you count them, Freedom Caucus members that's actually standing up for we the people. So if you are a resident of one of those 25 to 40 districts, and I happen to be with Brandon Williams, he's generally, I haven't agreed with every vote he's taken, but he's generally done a pretty good job. You can't say, oh, but my representative is good, right? So if you live in Nancy Pelosi's, obviously, but those people are never going to vote for a a conservative a Republican, much less a conservative. But if you're living, if you've got a Republican representative that's not America first, that's not pushing we the people, that's not pushing for the Constitution, you're the problem. And you can't just vote. You got to get other people to vote. You got to get a candidate you like in your district and support them financially and with your time and with your organizational skills and with all the other gifts God's given you not time to throw up our hands in frustration. It's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. It's time to get off the couch, and get in the game. Oh, that's how I see it. Stay tuned. There's more after the break on TNT Radio. Sometimes life can be overwhelming and suicide may seem like the only way to relieve the pain. 
Beyond Now is an evidence-based app created by Beyond Blue to help you cope when suicidal thoughts start to appear. You can use it to create an easy-to-follow plan that is personal to you and includes steps like know your warning signs so you can act early, make your environment safe by removing harmful items, activities you can do or people you can be with to distract yourself from suicidal thoughts, reminders of things that make you feel strong. Some of these steps might be tough to fill out, and that's okay. It can be helpful to make or share your safety plan with a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. You might feel like you're alone, but help is available. If you're worried you can't stay safe, use the red telephone icon to call your emergency contacts. Download the free Beyond Now app today to create your personal safety plan. Life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. Pre-diabetes does. One in three adults has pre-diabetes, but with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. And you can change the outcome. Take the one-minute pre-diabetes risk test today. Go to doihaveprediabetes.org. The Reckoning with Timothy Shea on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Tony Lyons is the president of Skyhorse Publishing and a co-chair and co-founder of the pro-Kennedy PAC American Values 2024. American Values 2024 seeks to change public policy in the United States with the goal of ending the pervasive corrupt collusion between corporate interests and the federal government, especially the regulatory agencies that are captured by the industries they're supposed to police. I'd like to welcome to the reckoning for the first time, Tony Lyons. Hey, thanks for having me on. Tony, I, I got to put this in context. I'm a conservative that doesn't hate Democrats. In fact, I want a robust Democrat party. My cousins ran the Democrat party in my native Syracuse, New York, and we were Republicans and they were Democrats and we might disagree on policy. But back then, Democrats used to say, I might disagree with what you have to say, but I'll defend with my life your right to say it. Now they want to just ban us. They don't want us to even be able to be on ballots. It used to be that we'd go out arm in arm together as Americans. We said that politics stopped at water's edge. That's no longer the case. I have profound respect for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I'd love to interview him. There's so much with which we agree. And that's something I try to tell people on this show that one of the things that's been done to us is that they've undermined educational institutions, social institutions, religious, political, cultural. They've destroyed everything that brings us together as Americans and leaving only that which divides us politically. I don't think that's healthy for the country. I think we need to have people of different political philosophies, people with different policy preferences that can talk civilly with each other, that engage, and that can learn from each other. Because guess what? Republicans don't have all the best ideas and neither do Democrats, but together we might be able to find what's best for America. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. You know, there has to be room in this world for dialogue and debate. And, you know, people should decide what they believe based on the marketplace of ideas. And they're not getting the opportunity to do that because there's so much censorship and deplatforming and, and just outright lies that are told. 
so that nobody really knows, you know, what the facts are and can't agree even on the building blocks of ideas or policies. Well, that's just it. If we're, we're, we're it's it's almost as though we've got people, uh, people that are coming from a a constitutional perspective and people that are coming from an, another perspective that's not constitutional per se. I'm trying to think of an example right now, but people that they don't agree on the underlying uh, structure. And so if, if you're not agreeing on the underlying structure, you can't really have a productive uh, conversation on what the policy preferences should be. Sure. You know, that that's the real problem is that we need to have you know, candidates who are willing to get on the stage and debate with each other. And Bobby Kennedy really wants to do that. And for example, Joe Biden isn't capable of doing that. And, you know, Donald Trump doesn't seem to really want to do it now, though I assume that he will later on in the cycle. Oh, yeah. I mean, Trump's not going to bother with all of these people that are are there, quite frankly, just to drain his campaign coffers. They're trying to just slow his momentum. These people know that they have no chance of winning. And I think that, you know, there was a lot of talk about a Kennedy Trump uh, ticket. And I don't think that would be right for either man. And But I'd love I'd love nothing more than to see the two of them on the debate stage, because I know that President Trump has profound respect for Mr. Kennedy. And I believe it goes the other way as well. And they could have a very productive conversation and they could actually be debates where where thought is revealed and policies are revealed. And I believe this because I think this is going to be better for America because of, of A, B and C. And the other can say, well, I disagree. And I think that this is the best. And, and together they can really draw distinctions between the two of them without being contentious, without being snarky. I think it would really show what presidential debates could be. I think that would really be historic, and I would love to see that as well. I mean, one of the things is that, you know, candidates should have respect for each other. And what Joe Biden's doing doesn't show respect, where, you know, he and the DNC are trying to keep Donald Trump off the ballot, you know, rather than than argue with him, rather than have the debate be about policies, it's about whether Donald Trump can even get on the ballot in certain states. And then you right. see somebody of real character and integrity like Bobby Kennedy, who comes right out, even though he disagrees with Trump on many things, he comes right out and he says, absolutely not. This is not what happens in a democracy. We should be ashamed that Donald Trump should not be taken off the ballot if you disagree with him. You state what your policies are and you let the American people decide. Exactly. And they're doing the same thing to Bobby and they did it to Bernie. I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Bernie's policies, but what they did to Bernie in 2016 was criminal. And I, I was in Memphis at the uh, Libertarian Conference, uh, the Freedom Fest, and I was in the front row. In fact, I've got my, my Kennedy hat right over in the corner. Bobby gave a, a fantastic speech, and I, I always correct people when they misuse language, and it's not because I'm a pedant, and it's not because I'm a nitpicker. It's because language matters, and when you misuse language, you can fall into a whole lot of other uh, beliefs and, 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 quite frankly, mischief that isn't aware, uh, that you're not aware of. And, and one of those is, is labeling people incorrectly. They'll say, oh, you know, 
liberals are awful because they want to keep Trump off. No, that's not liberals. That's those are progressives. Those are communists. They're not liberals. I think that Bobby Kennedy is a liberal in the old school tradition. And he gave such a great speech. And it's I was so happy that he talked about cleaning up the Hudson River and how he did it, because I thought that was genius. It wasn't a government solution. It was a market solution on how he got GE to clean up the river that they polluted, that so many then thousands of lives depended on, uh, you know, the fisheries for their their livelihood. And I think he's got a lot of great ideas. And uh, though we might disagree with some policy uh, perspectives, I think it's really important that he be allowed on the Democrat stage debate. And ultimately, I would love to see him be the Democrat nominee. Yeah, I mean, that's a different kind of Democratic Party. And I, you know, I really wanted him to run as a Democrat because he's he's been a Democrat for his whole life. But basically, you know, that Democratic Party doesn't exist anymore. And you're just exactly right when you talk about what they did to Bernie Sanders. You know, whether it's Donald Trump or Bernie Sanders or Bobby Kennedy, you know, it's not about whether you agree with the policies. It's about whether you agree on certain fundamental principles upon which this government and this country were founded. And, you know, that's what's at stake here. And so what they did to to Bernie Sanders, what the Democratic Party did to, to Bernie Sanders is just, you know, an outrage. And they clearly were trying to do that to Bobby Kennedy, too. And they thought maybe he would just disappear. But Bobby Kennedy isn't Bernie Sanders. He's a lot tougher. Right. He's been fighting. You know, he's been fighting for 40 years now where he's brought these really tough lawsuits, uh, you know, with big pharmaceutical companies, big plastic companies, government agencies that weren't doing their jobs. So he's got this history of being willing to lay it all out on the line. And that tells you a lot about why he's been vilified so badly because there's a there's a government sort of organization uh, that publicizes. So, so sort of like each branch of, of government, each agency of government has its own publicists and they actually go after people who go after them. And the same thing is true of the big pharmaceutical companies, the big plastic companies, that when right. you say their products are dangerous, they come after you and say that you're dangerous. But, you know, Bobby Kennedy is dangerous, you know, in some of the same yeah, ways. He's dangerous to the Trump status quo. Exactly. They're dangerous sure. to the status quo. Right. And let's not put I'm not going to I'm not going to overstate the case here, even though it's going to sound like her hyperbole. They don't hate Donald Trump. They don't hate Bobby Kennedy. They hate us. And they don't want us to have the ability to elect either of these men. Right. Because, you know, Bobby Kennedy wants to protect the health of people right. in this country. He wants to protect the border. He, he wants to protect us from these big, greedy companies that are doing things that are that are not free market capitalism. This is something really different. This is like an oligarchy. So free market capitalism is a beautiful thing. And that's what, you know, Bobby Kennedy, like you said, with, you know, uh, protecting the uh, waterways in New York, you know, that was free market capitalism where right. if people polluted something, they had to actually pay for it. And, and, and that kind of worked because, 
the excess profit they were making was the difference between doing it in a way that didn't ruin the Hudson River forever, that actually protected the people in that area. And, and, and there is a way to do that. And if you do that in a free market way, then the, the companies that destroy something have to pay for it. So that isn't, you know, that can only happen when, um, when small groups of companies have so much power that they don't have to pay for the damage that they do, whether it's, you know. That's exactly it. And I love how he couched it. You're giving GE a competitive advantage in the market. You're effectively subsidizing GE because you're giving them a pass on the harm that they're causing. And companies that aren't causing that economic harm, they're not getting the competitive advantage that, that GE is uh, gaining. And, and they're not having to, with GE not being able to, to pay for that advantage. And I, I thought that was really genius. We're gonna have to leave it there for now. I won't lie, I do want Donald Trump to be president, but I'm gonna throw this out there. I would love to see Bobby Kennedy Jr. assume the office his father held, attorney general, because I think as attorney general, he could affect great change in this country. Tony, thanks for coming on, love to have you back. Stay tuned on the TNT Radio Network for Havorier Morich. I'm Timothy Shea. Until next time, God bless you. God bless these United States. Keep fighting the good fight.